All of us have some baggage from our past, and whether you recognize it or not, those past hurts can be buried underneath the surface, and they're going to come up in ways that you don't expect. Today, you're going to hear how God redeemed a marriage after some hidden pain was revealed. I'm John Fuller, along with my Focus on the Family colleagues, Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife Erin, and we're going to hear now from Dave and Kirsten Samuel. They went through a really dark period as a couple when Kirsten found out Dave was addicted to pornography. She didn't know that the revelation of his sin would remind her of some past wounds and hurts that she was experiencing. Here's Jim Daly. Kirsten, let me ask you, again, exploring the feelings that a spouse will have. Mm -hmm. You're in this anger tumult. Your heart is raging in so many directions. Trust has been broken, that Mm -hmm. sense of betrayal. I think I'm painting the picture pretty well. Mm -hmm. But then you began to deal with your own guilt and shame. Um, Explain that. As a man, I'm not sure that would be my response in a week or two. I would probably get hung up on the, you betrayed me for a while. (laughs) So help me understand how you turn that inwardly to say, okay, I'm feeling guilt and shame now. Was it about what just Dave had done or was it more personal to you? Um, it was, it was both of those, Jim, honestly. Um, what opened up in me when Dave revealed this was my sense, the wounds that I had, that I had been hiding for many, many years. Um, and they went back to my own abuse situation where I had never dealt with what had happened to me as a nine-year-old child. Mm. And so what that did was it said, see, you don't have any value, you're not worth anything, you're unseen, you're unlovable. You know, and it, so it opened up all of this this can of worms, this yeah. Pandora's box, really. Well, when you said a while ago the knife could not have gone any deeper into your heart, mm-hmm. I think we all understand that better now. Yeah. I mean, that that's why. Yeah. Certainly one of the big reasons. Mm-hmm. It was confirming something you had held in your heart for so long. Yes. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, I'm not lovable. And I don't matter is what it came to me. And when, when Dave came home and, and told me what the counselor had asked him, and then he said, is that how you feel? And because the counselor had also said, you have wounded her to the core of her being. And when he came home and said that to me, and he said, is this how you feel? It was the first time I was able to say, that's it. That's it. You have traded me, and therefore I don't matter. Mm. And that's where the knife just went in, and it just dug around. Yeah. Mm. As you started that restoration process, um, did you believe that there was hope for your marriage? I'll ask both of you. Dave, let's start with you. I want to I say yes. I wanted to believe at the time that there was hope for the marriage. I was willing to do whatever I needed to do to keep the marriage together and to show Kirsten, yes, I mean business, and I am going to rebuild trust, and I am going to to take care of this. Now, I can't say for Kirsten— I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're, good you're the offender, and so I get that, and people are screaming mm-hmm. that right back at us right now. Mm-hmm. And I get that, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But how did you then respond in terms of hope for your marriage? Did you feel it, or no. did you want out? There was a part of me that 
absolutely abhors the idea of divorce. And I did not want to be a statistic. So there was this pride thing that came into place for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm stubborn enough <laughs> that that came into play. But there was also this, I don't know who you are. I'm disgusted by you. I don't want to be around you. And yeah, I was ready to run. Yeah. What kept you in? Seeing his face after he came back from the counselor. Because at that point, I knew he was serious because I could read it. I'd, okay, we'd been married for 25 years. I could read him pretty well by this point. I mean, obviously not that great because I didn't know about the pornography. Well, but Right, but um, uh, <laughs> you know, he kept that from you. Right, but, but there was at this point, there was something in his demeanor. There was something in his manner that said, he's serious this time. This is going to happen. And that was an inkling of hope. The other one was when we, the very first day, that within two hours of when he made that revelation, Rick and Kathy said to us, this does not have to be fatal. And that was an anchor for me to hold on to. Isn't that so interesting? Yeah. Just that comment yeah. mm-hmm. gave you enough of a line of sight yeah. to the future. Yeah. That's amazing. Greg, I, I really appreciated what Kirsten's friend said about this doesn't have to be fatal. So address what you've seen in terms of the work you've done with couples where there has been pornography, God often intervenes and can restore. Yeah, I love the word fatal because, hmm. right, I totally agree that it doesn't have to be fatal because it can be such a turning point in your marriage. I mean, as I look back on the 30 years of our marriage, you know, th- there's been moments to where I can now go, whoa, that, that thing, that painful, horrible experience that we went through, that actually is now, I can see the turning point. I can see how God used that. And that doesn't invalidate or minimize the pain. I mean, any experience that we've been through that that really became a turning point was was brutal. It mm-hmm. was very difficult. And yet it's so important to, to, to believe that, that God can use those um, tough experiences and those really hard seasons as turning points to where they really become an opportunity. And I think that's a part of the mindset that we have to have is that belief. I think that's the essence of hope. We believe that God's going to use this and it's going to become an opportunity in our relationship, in, in our lives as yeah. individuals. You know, James 1, 2 says, when troubles of any kind mm. come your way. What I like is he's not saying, you know, when certain you know types of problems come your way, but he's saying when troubles of any kind come your way, consider that to be an opportunity. Mm. And that is so true when, when Aaron and I have faced whatever in our marriage, it's an opportunity. I get to learn something new about me as an individual. So maybe issues that have laid dormant under the surface or just whatever. I mean, I get to learn something about myself, maybe something new about Aaron mm-hmm. um, or something about our relationship that that needed to change or adjust in some way. And, and I believe that. Yeah, I'm a conflict avoider, right? I'm looking at Erin. <laughs> She's not going to say anything. Yeah, it might no, lead I have an no comment. She knows that I'll avoid whatever she says. Yes, I think says. that that's a pretty um, known <laughs> statement that Greg does not. Okay, so you avoid conflict. Go towards conflict. I avoid conflict, but now, um, as much as I really don't want to do this, it, it's much easier for me to eventually 
um, really walk through that process with Aaron because I do believe that any of these, every one of these is an opportunity. And so if, if we can hold on to that, that that's the hope going through any sort of struggle in our mm-hmm. marriage, that, that God will use that. And please hear us that if you are in the middle of this, in that really, really painful place, this is not saying that, gosh, just minimize and blow past it and, you know, look get towards the it. healing, get over it. Yeah, that really, you know, you might be in the middle of that painful, painful place and you need to set some boundaries and take a step back. But it's doing it with an open heart, knowing that God can still show up. Mm. Surround yourself with godly, godly people who can be that hope for you. We will often say a marriage can survive on someone else's hope for a season. Huh. And so surround yourself with people like that. But you may be thinking, I can't just move through this and know that there's going to be a different season. Well, you can pray for that. You can surround yourself with people who can speak that over you. Um, But it may mean going through some really, really rough, hard waters. Yeah. And this this month, our theme is divorce and how to step back from the, the brink of divorce. So tie all that together, Greg, as we wrap up this episode. That that what you are going through doesn't have to be fatal. And and I know I just feel the eye rolls and just the shaking of the head. Like yeah, you have you no don't idea, Smalley. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. I get it. And and th- there's a lot of hurt and pain out there. And God can take every bit of that and grow you two as individuals. He's gonna grow your relationship. That's not a an instant, you know, experience. Obviously, that that's a process. But boy, that adventure of of walking through this pain and growing from whatever's gone on, but that can pay such amazing dividends. Because the thing that it does it creates grit, and and all of us need grit to really to to survive thirty, forty, fifty, sixty years in a marriage. That's a part of what we need. Mm-hmm. We need to know that whatever it is that we face, we can make it because we survived. Remember way back when or remember five years ago? I mean, that's the stuff that creates grit yeah. in a in a trust in each other and in our relationship and in our Lord that that we can walk through this stuff. We don't have to give up. Yeah. We want to encourage you to Step away from that divorce line to change your thinking, your words, your behaviors, and to consider getting in touch with us if we can be of help along that journey. There's a generation uh, waiting to see what you're going to do, and there's a lot of fallout if you continue on toward divorce. So please, what you're going through isn't fatal, to go back to Kirsten's friend and, as Greg was saying, and we want to be part of that process if we can. Um, We have Hope Restored. We have uh, counselors who can have a free consultation with you. And we have Kirsten's book as well, Choosing a Way Out. Um, All of this encouragement and help is a phone call away, 800, the letter A in the word family. Or uh, stop by the episode notes. You'll see links for all of that. Now, next time we'll hear from Deborah Faleta, and she's going to be discussing different conflict styles. And on behalf of the conflict-avoidant Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening today. To I, Focus won't on the there, family. I won't be there, I won't be there. No, Greg won't. He'll be gone. <laughs> thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.